Do you love working out and helping people? Do you think a career in personal training might be right for you? Well, hold on. Today we're going over 10 reasons why personal training might not be the best fit for you. But if you hang on till the end, we'll also talk about why this career might be the perfect one for you. Welcome to Becoming the Ultimate Fitness Coach with the Jock and the Doc Podcast, where fitness meets behavioral science. Join your hosts, Scott Schutte, a seasoned personal trainer, gym owner, and 360 wellness coach, and Dr. Janine Steister, a PhD behaviorist and expert in all things behavior change, as they share their combined expertise to empower fitness professionals like you. With practical tips, cutting-edge topics, and industry-leading guests, you'll learn everything from motivation and goal setting to habit formation and overcoming obstacles. Whether you're a seasoned fitness pro or just starting off your coaching journey, Becoming the Ultimate Fitness Fitness Coach is your essential guide to mastering the art of coaching and changing lives. So to kick off the 10, I got my handy little note cards here. We'll see how this goes. Number one, money. And I love this one. I love it. You see these ads, six-figure trainer working from the beach. If that's attractive to you, do not get in the field because that's not how it is. Now, I'm not saying it can't be at some point when you work hard, you put in the grind, you build a business and you can take that. But at first, you're gonna be working with people. You're gonna be either on Zoom calls working with them, you're gonna be in person working with them, you're gonna be learning a lot. You're gonna be working and grinding to get clients and to be a good trainer. Dr. J, well, should they be in it for the money? <laughs> no, I, I'm gonna say that on a lot of things. This one's included because um, it, to your point, the likelihood that you're doing this on the beach, besides the fact that there's a lot of sand on the beach, there's a lot of sun, the glare on your computer screen, like there's a whole lot of reasons why that's just really not ideal. But the point is, is that, yeah, no, money is something that hopefully will come and reinforce you and reward you as you work. But when you're only in something for the money, then the decisions that you make are constantly around that area, yeah. which then impacts the quality that you interact with people, which ultimately then is going to impact the, the retention of your clients, the quality of the services that you provide. In long term, you're not going to be able to build this business if it's only about the money. And I'm going to put my money, my money also on that you're not going to be very happy. 100%. Number two, you want to work with athletes. You were an athlete. You're like, oh, I want this. I'm going to work with this NFL player that's working at the highest level. You're like, I want to work with high school athletes. Now, with all these, there's caveats. Can you work with athletes? Yes. Almost on a monthly basis, my partner and I, we interview trainers and they're like, I want to work with athletes. I'm like, go be a strength and conditioning coach at the university. If you really want to work with athletes, that's a good, that's a good uh, way to go. Or there's gyms that already set up that work with athletes. You need to go work at those gyms. But the majority of the places out there do not cater to athletes. So not the, the most of the population. Plus, most athletes can't afford training, so you're not gonna make that much doing it. And they're seasonal. So as a business standpoint, it's not the best fit for an overall business. So can you work with athletes? Yes, but if you got in this just to work with the highest caliber athletes, most of the trainers that I know that are working with higher caliber athletes, they put in a lot of work. They work for free for a few years, and they got a little lucky break. Someone from high school that they were working with, that they were giving away some lessons for free, made it and then came back. And then they then they they got they gained some traction that way. And so it's definitely a long play. So it's doable. But if you get in this just to work with high caliber athletes, it's probably not the best fit for you. It's also gonna be to your point about working long um, to get there and knowing someone, it's also a networking game. Yeah. You have to be in the right place at the right time. And so if that's also not a natural strength of yours, if you're thinking like, oh, if I just do good, 
good stuff, the word of mouth will come. Yeah, maybe, but you do need to be in the right place at the right time. You do see a lot of people take internships and, like you said, work for free in spaces so they can get in front of the right people that will do that. The other thing is how much responsibility you want. If you want a high-performance athlete, you have to train for certain high-performance type of activities, but you also have some constraints and you also have a lot of responsibility. If they get injured or if something happens, so are you interested in that level of intensity and also certain parameters that you're gonna be required to work within that might be exciting to tell people you work with athletes, but you might be very constrained in what you can do as well. And my other tip to that, kind of what you're talking about, you gotta live in the right town. <laughs> We're in Columbia, Missouri. There might be a couple professional athletes in the off season here, but you're not making a business off of it. So that's another big point of that. Yeah. So you like to lift. You, it's, it's your passion, like you love going to the gym. So you're like, well, I can just live my passion every day by helping other people work out. But just a little, little note here, most people aren't gonna work out like you. They're not gonna be as passionate about the workout. And if you take your passion and, and try to turn that into a career that you don't really like the style of it, it's not gonna be your passion anymore. Okay, why did you start working in a gym? Did you, did you like to lift? Well, I'm just putting them on the spot. That was part of it. Um, you know, it's just figuring out the route. Like I, I had either going back to the farm or finding something else to do. And this was the, something else to do. Else to do. And then I just love working with people, like having that positive feedback from people. Yep. And that's a good distinction because like, um, so a couple things. If you look at any of the business trades, any of the research and the discussions that business leaders will have on this is, Starting a business around a passion can do a couple of things that aren't amazing. One of them is it can kill that passion yeah. because that passion, that, that preference, the thing that you love becomes work. And sometimes that then kills that passion and then you start to resent it. You don't enjoy it and you don't get to do it for yourself as much because you view it as work. And you know, one of the analogies that um, I hear a lot is, I have several friends whose husbands are contractors own construction companies. And people socially will always be like, oh, it's gotta be like awesome to have him because you can get anything fixed. And they're like, no, we get nothing yeah. fixed. Because after the end of the day, the last thing they want to do is go build something, fix something in the house, nothing gets fixed. So from a personal level, when you when the passion is the only reason you walked into something, then it can really kind of take away from what you enjoy and create a whole bunch of other types of things. So it can be part of the picture, but not the whole picture. The next one's is similar to those, but you just like playing sports. It's that transition of like, okay, I, I played in high school, I played in college, so what am I gonna do next? And so, um, I'll start training people. Yeah, when you were playing sports, were you standing all day long, handing weights to people, having conversations that you didn't always enjoy um, or were not in the arena that you want, or were you highly active? So again, you know, the thing I'm always is like, what were you doing? What did you like about playing sports? List the five things that you just loved about playing sports. Now go into being a personal trainer. How many of those five exists in that schedule, all the things you're doing? And because again, like to your point, you played sports, you like to lift, things like that, but you really liked working with people. Yeah. And that is like number one of what you're gonna be doing as a personal trainer. Really this, this next one is this lack of passion in fitness. So it's almost kind of the opposite we're talking about, like these people that are into the lifting, but I also see people get into this and they're just not really that excited about it. It's like they didn't know what else to do, so they picked this as a path. Yeah, for sure. And, and 
and to be a really good, and we talk about this a lot, right? Like to be a really good personal trainer, you've got an ongoing professional development. You've got to understand the exercise science. You've got to understand the nutrition science. And we're super bullish about you have to understand the behavior science because otherwise you don't understand how people work. So that takes a decent amount of education, constant professional development, and, and those types of things. So if you're not actually even all that interested in all of that, I can't imagine just a harder job than to do something that you're just not even at all remotely interested in, and yet having people ask you questions all day long and want support in something that you could care less about. And you might be thinking, well, who would get into this if they're not really into it? <laughs> I typically see this for the people that are really, really good shape. And they're like, well, you're in really good shape. Um, why don't you tell me what you're doing? And they're like, well, maybe I can make some money doing this. But then they're like, this guy doesn't really know anything. He's just naturally in shape. Yeah, exactly. Or yeah, and 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 so he hasn't had to think about it, hasn't had to work on yep. it, and um, and then it's really also hard to relate to those people. Hundred percent. So you dislike regular hours, and, and this is a big one because this is something I talk about all the the new trainers that start our, at our facility is like. At first, you're gonna be a bit spread out because most people like to work before work or after work. So it's kind of that split shift. That being said, I know some gyms that have it set up that you just work in a morning shift or evening shift. So kind of there's some nuances there on like where you're working at. But the most places I know, it's, it's gonna be a bit spread out. And as the place you're working for, or as you build up your clientele, as you get better, as you spend more time with it, you can start condensing that down. But typically when people start off this field, their, scatters are, uh, their hours are a bit scattered. And so, that's very different than the traditional field. It's not like, all right, I'm working nine to five. It yeah. might be like, I might be working at 530. I might be off for a couple hours around, you know, after lunch, and then I may be working until six o'clock. So if you really struggle with that kind of scatteredness in your schedule and then being on and being off and not having good time managed with that, you're really gonna struggle as a personal trainer. Yeah, and I know like when I started working um, with you in your gym, one of the things that I spent a lot of time talking to some of the trainers about was they were like, my hours, da, da, da. I'm like, well, you're actually not working that many hours yeah. a week. And they're just like, yeah, but I'm not getting anything done. And what they were struggling with was those couple hour breaks here and there. And I'm like, you're gonna have to plan it out. You're gonna have to plan your food out. You're gonna have to plan your errands out. You're gonna have to think about these gaps where they were just thinking like, no, you work, you get off work and then you get your stuff done. And I was like, well, that's just not how your career is gonna work for a hot minute. So we gotta figure out and help you be more planful so you can have some downtime. Well, I don't, I don't like going home just for an hour and a half. It's like, okay, well, if you want a break, where can you go for an hour and a half? What can you do? So it was just really getting that, that mindset out of there um, so that people could become much more productive. If you hate change, and we see this a lot through, throughout the day, Okay, client called in sick or client had to reschedule. And so you, your, your schedule is almost constantly changing throughout the day. So if you, same thing with those hours being all over the place. If you hate that kind of irregularity in like the, the, the schedule, like this is not gonna be the best fit for you. Yeah, and Scott loves change. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes to the, uh, to the extreme where I'm just like, okay, can we not change one more thing today? But my point is that the, the, the strength of that, and I think it's really contributed. So strengths. Oh my God, anyway. Um, you can have 10 on that as well. <laughs> he would love to do a whole episode on that just by himself on his strengths. But aside from that, the notion of this change actually has really supported your ability, I think, to be highly successful because, and I'll watch this, like things are constantly changing at the gym or even in our business. And it's like, okay, we'll just pivot. And, and you don't get thrown by that. You kind of thrive on a little bit of variety anyway. 
but we do see people that it's just like, whoa, no, you know, I need two days notice if a client's going to change. And I'm like, really? So um, I think it's a huge point that you've got to be okay with change I and think, unpredictable change. I think the forum prepared me for that. He said, ask my dad. I'm like, what are we going to do for our, tomorrow for work? He's like, I don't know. It depends what the weather does. Okay. There you go. Fun fact. Okay. I need a set salary. Again, there's some places that have a set salary. To really optimize, to make the most amount of money, it's typically not that set salary. It's it's working those hours. And so at my facility, and we coach a lot of places to do this, there's there's training that you're doing on the floor and there's coaching. And we call it 360 wellness coaching. At 360 wellness coaching, we charge significantly more for that. So you can get paid significantly more for that as the client. Sorry, as the coach. Yeah. And so so with that, um, there's gonna be days, there's gonna be weeks where like Spring break is, is big for our town, and we're a high-end one-on-one personal training place. So people are kind of gone. So the salary might um, dip down a little bit with that. So if you're used to that, like, and you want that set salary of like, I want X amount of dollars every month. I don't, you know, I'm not as as worried about getting it up higher. I just want to make sure it doesn't go blow, blow yeah. this spot. Yeah, might not be the best fit for you. Yeah, and again, that's where the risk tolerance comes from. Of like, you've got to have a little bit of that to, to thrive there, and you also just have to be somewhat of a planner so you can anticipate. We know every March towards the end of it is spring break. That is going to be a week. We know the ebbs and flows of the the industry and when clients are coming and going, and so just being thoughtful and planning. If you don't enjoy that, if you don't like spending time with your numbers and your budget and really thinking about that, then this might not be the kind of career that you want. Limited patience and empathy. Yeah. Do you want to read that again Ooh. so you can understand what that means? Patience and empathy. So I would say this one has evolved a lot over my close to 20 years in this career. And and, and I think a lot of that has to do with just the experience of with seeing. People in this life. No, no, no. no. <laughs> not, the, not the people here. People somewhere else. Um, <laughs> but like, maybe a little bit. So. Thank you. So much of it is like the clients. Like I work with so many people that are working their butt off to get to the gym because they are busy. They're busy with work. They're busy with taking care of their family. They have a lot of things going on. And so I, I become, you know, at first I was like, well, it's, it's simple. Just eat less, work out more. Thanks, 20-year-old trainer that doesn't have any responsibilities. Like that's not helpful. It's more about like after over the, over the time, and, and I hope you really you know, you understand this if you are young and, and haven't experienced it yet of like, it's usually people's not, it's not their top priority, but it's always in the back of their mind. That's kind of like just a, a pebble in their shoe. That's kind of bothering them. And so, so being very empathetic and being very supportive and very patient. Like when people show up, I, I celebrate the hell out of it. Like, I'm just so happy that they're there and trying. And even though, you know, my, we might go a week and I put in like, hey, we're trying to increase our steps by a thousand steps this week and increase our water by 20 ounces. And they might come back a week later and, and they didn't really accomplish that. Hey, you still came back. Let's figure out why that didn't happen. And we can kind of build on that. So that's something super important. Yeah, and I think a good way to, to to relate to this is there are probably things that you typically drop the ball on regularly yourself. Like we all have things. And do people have to remind you? Do you have to like fix something, whatever? Everybody's running into that. So yes, if they show up and they're trying, you might have to repeat things, things like that. If you don't like repeating yourself, if you don't like uh, seeing a lack of progress every single day moving forward, this is going to be a rough spot for you. And don't have kids. <laughs> Last one. People will do that anyway. <laughs> Lack of desire for ongoing education. So the, the most successful people I've seen in this, this, this field are the ones that are continuously learning. 
like they're going to conferences, they're doing one-on-one, -on -one, like either visiting places or shadowing or just, just consulting. They're reading, they're listening to the latest research. Maybe it's from Huberman or whatever it is. It's like this continuous learning because this field is still very young. And a lot of things that are passed down are just kind of, you know, this is more of the bodybuilding world. This is how things have always been done. But the clients are becoming much more educated. Like I was talking to one of my clients the other day and you know he just got done listening to the 20 hours of Huberman and Andy Gallopin. Gallopin, yeah. Andy Gallopin. And if you're, if you're a trainer not keeping up with this stuff as well and you have a client that comes in and says learn to that and you say something that is completely against what they said, they're, they're gonna be like, well, this guy doesn't know what he's doing and they're gonna move on and that's not great for your reputation. So keeping up with the education is paramount for your success in the career. Yeah, and and you know, we always talk about like mentorship is good, you know, finding mentors, things like that. But you also have to be a discerning mentee. And to, to Scott's point is there are people that have been highly successful in the field and have been in a long time. They haven't changed what they're doing in a long time either, but yep. they've built up enough that they can just sort of stay there. That doesn't mean that they don't have something to offer, but to, clients have so much access to information. Now, they also come in all confused about stuff sure. too, but they really can. So it is a whole different world and it's going to continue to be with all of this technology and access to information. So you gotta be willing to to, to do this information race with them um, and just be excited about it. And that kind of goes back to that point before too, like if you're not passionate about yeah. this industry, boy, constantly learning about it is even more painful. So just kind of keep that in mind. So the, the part we've been waiting for, the ending, why, the benefits. So I like to start off with this, and this is the same way when we do interviews and our final interviews for trainers, we're like, listen, if you're gonna be working at our facility for less than a year, it's not worth it. Like, you're not really doing much good for the clients, for yourself, for anything. So we wanna make sure that's a good fit. The same thing with like getting into personal training. Again, if you look at the stats, most personal trainers don't make it past a year. So that means you're getting someone that's very young, probably not very qualified, that doesn't have much life experience that's giving advice that might or might not be right. And so they're, they're, they're helping someone out that might not, be, might not be giving good advice with that. And they're also taking business away from the people that are really trying to make a career out of this. And so that's why we started this off with like, you know, if you, if you got those top 10 things, like don't get into this. But if, if you do love working with people, you do love learning, like you are empathetic, this can be such an amazing career. I've made great friends in this career. I've made good money. Do you know what? <laughs> I make I make good money in this. I, I I I really love this business. And not only that, this world needs more amazing personal trainers. If you've looked outside at all, you can see that we are trending in the wrong the wrong direction. And by having more competent, educated personal trainers helping people on their complete wellness journey. And that's what we talk about, this 360 wellness of helping them not only just through a hard workout, but helping them the overall fitness, helping them filter all this information that they're getting on a daily basis. You not only can have a very fulfilling career, you can be really helping out the world. And so we're really big on that, as long as you're doing it for the right reasons. Yeah, and as always with us, this isn't a black or white thing in the sense of like, oh, if you don't have a ton of empathy, this won't work, or if you still kind of want to work at the beach. Well, my point is, like you said, yours has grown. It's just that you're willing and interested 
to do that. You're open to saying like, oh, that might be an area that I kind of have to get a different perspective or learn a little bit more about how to get my perspective different so that I have more patience and empathy. Because typically a lack of empathy has to do with a lack of understanding. Yep. So the more I understand what people are going through, I can do. So if, if all of those even if you still want to eventually work from the beach, like it's not a bad goal. It just can't be the reason that you do this in our opinion, because the likelihood that you'll get there to the way that it's advertised is low. So just thinking about that, but if this is something that you're interested in and those types of things work, being that kind of person that impacts people and you can have such a significant impact. And also what's really exciting is you know, we have the solo entrepreneur, solopreneur, the, the virtual trainers. You can do it in so many different variations. There's a whole group that does um, outdoor training primarily in groups. Like if you love outdoors and so 360 wellness, if you love just sitting there and really getting um, and helping people kind of break down those little parts to change, there's you can do that kind of coaching. So there's so many options now of how and who you can coach that just thinking about how you're wired, what you would like to do, and then figuring out which niche is best for you. But to Scott's point, we really need and we want to actually encourage amazing people to be in this field and stay in this field. And one of the things that we're real bullish about is to helping people stay in this career and have successful careers so we don't have the turnover rate. So we'd love to hear from you. If you're in the industry, leave in the comments, like why did you get into it? Why are you staying with it? If you're getting ready to start in the industry, and if you have any questions like, what direction to go? What should you learn more about? Who should you learn from? Leave it in the comments. We'll be sure to answer you. Until next time.